The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show seven days a week from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, myself, Bully Ray, and Tommy Dreamer talk about The Rock and Cody, their dynamic, and what exactly are we going to see between those two as we get closer to WrestleMania 40 and a must-listen interview. That's right. The coach is back to bust it open, and man, does he have a lot to say about The Rock, a man he knows well, right now on the Busted Open Podcast. What a great way to start and end Monday Night Raw last night. And Tommy, Bully said it at the beginning of today's show, yes, your focus right now is on Cody and the bloodline. And they're doing a great job understanding that, Tommy, and making sure that that is not just dominating SmackDown on Friday nights, but bleeding into Monday nights on Raw. It's also showing that Cody's a workhorse and, you know, doing what he can. He's a fighter. Um, I really enjoyed Monday Night Raw. And like I said, if you bookend a show, you start off hot, as Bully always likes to say, but you end even hotter. And it was a show for heat which I enjoy not every show has to be a happy show because, and you know, we have elimination chamber coming up. There's a lot of things that you have to do creatively to get you from point A to point B. And I just think they've just done an amazing job and it goes out. And I say this to the crew and it's not the wrestlers. The crew includes everybody. You know, there's camera people, writers, uh, production people, because they're helping accentuate these stories to get us where we want to go. And that ultimate payoff is WrestleMania with a few bumps along the way and And keeping us interested. How many times can you remember, if any, Raw starting with heat, Raw ending with heat and that heat all going to the same faction? Yeah. I mean, Raw is normally, you know, happy, happy, joy, joy. That's what the WWE, the WWE is built on baby faces and putting smile on people's faces. Last night, we start with heat. We end with heat. You guys know how I feel about, you know, heat. like if you remember, which you obviously do, guys, the NWA back in the day was all about heat. And there were very few times where we got a chance to smile. Even when the babyface got the win, he never got his day in court physically the way the heels would beat the shit out of him. Yeah. Well, and also, like, TV models uh, were 
you set the heat because then you'd also go to all your live events that not everybody would see, but those houses would be packed for what? See the baby faces get their comeuppance, but then on TV would be the continuation. And then, you know, when that business model changed because house shows weren't fueling the industry and then it was pay-per-view. And then after pay-per-view, you know, it's different when you go to the Omni and then they started when they're showing clips of the Omni, they're either showing the ultimate, ultimate rejoice or they're showing heat. Um, but then when this, you know, this entire industry has changed, you know, from shooting, you know, a lot of these angles were what shot through social media, you know, with the rock and all that stuff, the biggest, the biggest angle that happened really was shot through on social media and streaming. Yeah. And, and I think too, it's taking a chance in a lot of ways, Tommy uh, bully, what you said is starting with heat, ending with heat. Usually when you're this close to WrestleMania, what does the WWE like to do? Make everyone look strong. But when it comes to baby faces, you want some sympathy on your baby face. Cody was wronged last night. You know, usually you would get Cody getting a comeback win and beating Drew McIntyre because it's more important for Cody to look strong before he gets to WrestleMania 40. But this is how you get sympathy on your baby face. And Bully, you did a great job of analyzing Cody last night when he was out on the floor and making that eye contact with the fan. That's going to create that emotional connection. That's what's going to create you getting emotionally involved in a performer and wanting to see him in the main event at WrestleMania 40. So, yeah, sometimes it's going to take a loss in order to do that. Dave, do you remember at your uh, Gramercy show when I came out with you in the beginning and I told the audience about how I love this intimate feel because like, I can look everybody in the eye? Yep. Like, that's the experience that I like to create. I want everybody to go home thinking that Bully Ray spoke to me. Bully Ray spoke with me because we made eye contact. Whenever I was a babyface in wrestling, I would always try to make eye contact with as many people as I possibly could. I wanted them to feel that for just for one second that it was just me, that fan, and Devon together doing our thing. You know, um, and that's what Cody has been doing a masterful job at. Tommy mentioned the social media video that was out there about Cody going out into the crowd at a house show and acknowledging a blind fan who said that he came to the show to feel Cody. Obviously, you can't see Cody if you're blind, but to feel him, to hear him, to feel the energy that he created, like when you see that video and you see Cody leaving the ring, going over the guardrail to the blind fan, it is impossible to not like or love that man. Yeah, and and Tommy, you mentioned social media. I've seen Cody on social media connecting with fans. Fans saying, oh, I wish I could be at WrestleMania. And him getting tickets for fans for WrestleMania or a house show in their hometown. I've been seeing that. So, listen, you could be the biggest Rock fan and maybe rooting for The Rock, but you're also going to respect Cody Rhodes for the way he treats his fans. You know, back in the day, Tommy, you know, I did not like the 49ers, but I respected Joe Montana because all that guy knew how to do was win. I may not have liked him, but I respected him. And I think right now, even if you don't like Cody, you have to respect Cody Rhodes. 
Absolutely. Um, you weren't here, and I wanted to talk to you when we were all together, but now we're all together. Um, are you afraid of the rocks? This version of the rock right now. I'm not afraid of this version of the rock, but it does worry me a little bit. Sure, I mean they're over the next month and a half, Tommy. They're going to throw a lot of curveballs at at Cody, and they're going to put a lot of obstacles in Cody's way. I actually think that that's a good thing because it's going to make that victory, whether it happens at WrestleMania 40 or somewhere down the road, it's going to make it that much sweeter. The more adversity you have to go through to get to your ultimate goal, that's going to make it. See, that's something, Tommy, you don't understand because you're not a diehard fan of a team. You're a Fairweather fan. You're a hypocrite when it comes to regular mainstream sports. You don't know what it's like to die hard with your team. You don't know what it's like to go through the bad times. See, Tommy, because once one of your favorite teams loses, it's okay. You put that hat aside and you put another hat on to support that winning team. You you enjoy the sport. You enjoy football. You enjoy baseball. You enjoy basketball. You enjoy hockey. But for better or for worse, there are diehard fans that live and die with their team. Live and die with their team. So if you are, say, a Browns fan, that all you have gone through is misery, or a Jets fan, decades and decades of misery, when that moment happens, it won't be in our lifetime, but when that moment happens that the Jets or the Browns win a Super Bowl, think about the complete ecstasy that those fans are going to go through because they're going to remember all the hard times and all the obstacles and all those bad days, and it's going to make that Super Bowl victory that much sweeter. Well, let me just address a few things here. Um, I was... And still, I'm a diehard Ranger fan, and I lived that up until the Rangers won mm-hmm. the Stanley Cup. I told you, I remember where I was when I called my father, and my father said, I could die happy now. And I was elated. Um, and I was a diehard Knicks fan and crushed when they didn't win. The Knicks have not won a championship in my lifetime. And then when I realized management didn't care, that was a big moment because you become smarter. Um, love my Giants, but also my Raiders. Um, and then here's another thing that I realized, and I literally said, and I was again, can't wait to talk to you. I just was in Pittsburgh this weekend, and then I was in Memphis, and I have so many great memories and friendships in all these towns, and that's also kind of why I relate to to liking so many teams and like people have told me so many things that I just did in the Pittsburgh area. When I I did Indy, we had like 700 people and they all just kept telling me like, man. And then I was like, man, yeah, I I mean, they were talking about Ross Draver ice gardens and the riot that the Dudleys caused. And I was in the fight. And then it's, Oh, this, the David Lawrence center, uh, you know, another time where Troy Polamalu and Ben Roethlisberger just showed up at our show. And we put him in the ring and like he speared me. Yes. But all these connections that I have with. And then the next day, I literally fly to Memphis and it's like, man, I saw you uh, sold out here against Jerry Lawler in a department store. And I'm like, oh, yeah, the steel cage. Uh, and that's why I have this connection 
and I like all these teams. Like you don't have to justify that to me. I'm not trying. I'm telling you. You don't have to justify that to me. You have to do that with God when your time comes. But you don't have. You don't have to justify with me. There you go. Can I I have a self? No, go. Can I have a self-serving moment for just a second? Yes. Sure. I hate Tommy just mentioned riots. I hate it when fans tweet me about the Dudleys almost started a riot. I hate that. There was no almost <laughs> started a riot every time. No, I, and, and all kidding aside, uh, Tommy, I understand. Wait, no, my question now different. I'm going about okay. that. But my question is, do you feel when I say you fear for the rock? I'm not talking about what I'm talking about becoming a bigger baby face in this character over Cody. That's and a then, great point, Tommy. That is an excellent point because as a was, diehard Cody fan. Yes. What was the, what was the conversation just a couple weeks ago? It was the rock is going to get booed in Philadelphia. Why? Because the rock is coming in kind of, we're being force fed the, here's the rock when he's interrupting the story of Cody Rhodes as an uber baby face and the fans rejecting him and booing him. But now that dynamic has completely changed to your point, Tommy. Now it's like, all right, now the rock is embracing that heel persona. So that Philadelphia crowd, that dynamic has now changed. So it is interesting. Are you going to get more boos for Cody and maybe more cheers for the rock. Now that the rocks personality and character has changed. It's a great point. It's a great point. I asked Tommy earlier about Cody receding the rock and smacking him in the face. And as you guys are talking about this, this moment in time, this vision just came to mind. The way Cody defeats The Rock, if The Rock becomes entirely too entertaining and is become, is coming over the top of Cody, the last thing Cody should do is try to match The Rock on the mic. It's not happening. Rocky will absolutely destroy Cody on the mic. That's not because Cody's not good on the mic. It's just that it's The Rock and he's superior. Only John Cena was able to handle the Rock on the stick, maybe punk a little bit. You're talking about the top half a percent of guys on the microphone. So if The Rock does, Cody has to sit back and take it and go, you know what? I can't match you on the microphone. And I might not be able to lift as much as you in the gym. And I'm not a Hollywood star like you. And I'm not this and I'm not that. But you know what I can do, Rock? I can beat you. I can pin you, and for three seconds, I'll be damned if I can't be better than you. Whack! And smack him right back in the face. And and those people will go ballistic for Cody because Cody's being honest. Yeah, I'm not you. I can't do this, and I can't do that. But I can be better than you for three seconds. And, oh, by the way, here's your fucking smack back. That's um, how you get the people to, to, be, to, to win them over to the next level. I, I 100% agree. Uh, for Dave, when he was talking, when he came on and cut that promo and it was just like, you know, what do men do? Do the 49ers say, no, we're going to we have to finish our story when he was doing all of that. I was like, he's eviscerating Cody right now. The best part about Cody that he's not there, but I need to see the two of them face off. I agree, and and you're, what you're both what you guys are saying is a hundred percent true. When I was watching, and I said this, Tommy, to Mark and Bully yesterday, I thought 
The Rock was a little bit too entertaining on the microphone on Friday night. But that's you know? the rock that got him to the dance. Yeah, so exactly. that's what I, I said. I, and I, I tagged understand. you on the tweet. But also maybe- Austin, Steve Austin didn't change his ways and he became loved. My point is the rock is not going to change, but he, you have to be smart enough to know that your stuff is so entertaining. You're going to have to take it away from them. But also, you know, the the Rock's got to understand the structure of the WWE right now. Maybe he's been gone for so long and he's not paying attention and he's not watching. But just like the 49ers, how did the 49ers get another chance at being in the Super Bowl? By going to the playoffs and winning the NFC Championship game and going to the Super Bowl. That's exactly what Cody... The reason Cody is in this position is not because he politicked or he got the fans to be on his side. He got in this position, why? For two years in a row, he won the Royal Rumble. So he won the Royal Rumble in order to be in this position. That needs to be said as well. And maybe The Rock forgot about that, but he was kind of like whining and complaining about why does Cody need to be back here again after he lost last year? Well, the reason he's back there again is because Cody won the Royal Rumble. Yeah, you you have to negate The Rock with facts. Yes, CM Punk said it great at the press conference. He didn't uh, he didn't eliminate. He won, and I should punch and should punch him in the mouth. Cody needs to stay. Like, see, if you don't give Cody the opportunity to retort, Cody looks like the schmuck because all Cody has to do there is look at Rock and go, beg for a rematch. I didn't beg for a rematch. I earned my rematch. I won the Royal Rumble two years in a row. You know, with guys like Steve Austin, Kurt Angle, and Shawn Michaels. Did you ever win it back-to-back, Rock? Ooh, see, that's coming at Rock with facts. See, but the... That puts the the Rock... And you could see Rock... I could see Rocky's eyes lighten up and have to take a step backwards now. Something you've never done. Something yeah. you never done. You smell what I'm cooking, Dwayne? Shut your no your hole and know your role, Jabroni. That if see if Cody comes back said with just stuff like, like that. that, you're gonna get him. Yes, because you're spitting out facts. The other thing, guys, is what have we been talking about now for days? We've been talking about Cody and the Rock, but it's not the Rock that Cody's facing. He's facing Roman Reigns, but it seems like the story, at least for right now, is more about Cody and The Rock than it is about Cody and Roman, don't you think? But Bully just said that before you came on about the whole who's the capo, who's the head Don. Who is in the mafia that is the bloodline right now, Dave? Who is Vito Corleone? Yeah, it's The Rock. So don't you feel like... Cody has to take out The Rock before he takes out Roman Reigns or vice Remember versa? Remember Cody's line to Roman before he stepped aside, which we still don't know why yet. He yeah. said, it's not going to be just about beating. It's about going to be taking everything. Taking everything. So now, unless they want us to forget about that also, Cody has to dismantle the entire bloodline. So that when we hear the story of the rise and the fall of the bloodline, the fall 
is attributed to Cody. Analysis on the fight game from the Coach's Corner with Dean Thomas. For Henry Cejudo, firing your coach on TV as a prank, to me, it just didn't make much sense. That's part of the distraction that I'm referring to in terms of, is he where he needs to be? Because as a fighter, especially one getting older, you got to be locked in in a certain way that I feel like these stupid-ass pranks is a distraction. Tuesday through Thursday from 12 to 3 Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Yo, what's going on, everybody? It's Bully Ray. Do you know who I am? I talk pro wrestling and I play rock and roll. Yeah. Every Wednesday night, as soon as AEW Dynamite ends, I'm bringing you instant reactions with the Busted Open Nation. It's Wednesday. You know what that means. The only place to party is Busted Open After Dark. With me, Uncle Bully, starting at 10 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation 156 and on the Sirius XM app. NetCredit is here to say yes, because you're more than a credit score. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partners. NetCredit, credit to the people. For 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all handpicked from family farms, then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. The one and only, the legendary, Coach joins us here on a Tuesday morning. Coach, how are you, my friend? 
It is so good to see my boys. It's been a few years, but I got to tell you, David, when I look down and I see your name on my phone and you say, Coach, we need you on a Tuesday morning, I just say what time. Bully Ray, great to see you. Great to see everybody. It is a pleasure to be back. Now, Coach, a lot to get into with you. First and foremost, uh, wrestling is always going to be in your blood. You have the new podcast, Behind the Turnbuckle, with the legendary Tommy Carlucci. I mean, talk about the decision to do this. And, man, you couldn't ask for a better time than right now to do this podcast. Well, thank you for bringing it up. A lot of people may not know Tommy Carlucci. He is 32 years in the business inside the WWE. There's going to be some legendary stories that we tell. And the reason, Dave, to be honest with you, is kind of what The Rock has done the last couple of, of weeks. And I leaned away from the WWE, and I'm the first one to admit it. I always thought, oh, my boss is at the PGA Tour all, all over here. They, they, they won't like the coach being the rest. I said, you know what? If The Rock can do it, Moana, Moana 2 coming out, damn it, we can do it here too. It's all about the stories. So Tommy Carlucci has been there ringside. He was there when Mick Foley went off the top of the cage and through the announce table. He has so many incredible stories. He got married. Guess who took him uh, in New York City bar hopping on his wedding night? Mean Gene Okerlund. Those are the type of stories that we're going to tell on Behind the Turnbuckle because as you guys do every single day here on Busted Open and what fans are now realizing, seeing heel rock and old rock come back, it's all about the stories. And if you tell a really good story, whether it's from 1997, 2007, or 2024, it's entertaining. So I am so excited. Thank you for bringing up our new show because it's going to be a ton of fun to do. Coach, uh, speaking of heel rock, what's your opinion on our good buddy Dwayne so far? Well, I haven't seen him or talked to him, but I have uh, kind of been in contact with Brian Gerwitz a little bit. And, Bull, you know this. Those two guys walk hand-in-hand, lockstep. They have for over 20 years. A lot of people don't realize that the brilliance behind all of those classic rock uh, promos was Brian Gerwitz. But I'll be honest with you. I was a little bit surprised that he has gone all the way into full heel. And here's what I mean by that. In 2002, he's talked about it. He talked about it on the Pat McAfee show that he listened to his agents. He listened to all the people and said, hey, you've got to disconnect. Remember, his early movies didn't make any money because he walked away cold turkey and the WWE Universe said, we made you. We made you. I'm not spending $10. If he would have stayed on Monday Night Raw, from 2002 to 2005, he would have probably made another three to $500 million. And so for him to lean in, and I believe it was a complete pivot. I don't think, Bully Ray, that they planned to do this. I think the universe made them do this. And I saw David losing his mind. Finish the story. Finish the story. So for Rock to lean in when he's still a Disney guy, that most of his future current future is in disney movies for him to say this tells me how much of a sell they gave to him let's be honest they gave him 30 million dollars they put him on the board of directors he's going to have a say in everything that they do and now a lot of young fans who maybe weren't around in 2000 to 2003 to see classic heel rock they're going to see how it's done how promos are done how promos are written and hopefully other young talent can see that if you can talk and you can put people in the palm of your hand, whether you're a heel or whether you're a baby face, that's the magic. So, so Coach, you fully believe that this was an audible called at the line of scrimmage. There is no way in hell a Disney guy was coming back to be a heel. 
this 100% was a pivot because, boy, think about this. Every other time that the Rock has come back, what has it been? A one-off, maybe a couple of weeks, and it's always been big business. You got to know that when he walked out on New Year's Eve and they had the swerve and we're going to have a big former champion come back and, and, and then it was him eventually, he thought it was going to be all love. He thought it was going to be, oh, the Rock's back, you know, kiss the ring. That didn't happen. I think they severely underestimated the engagement and the buy-in to Cody Rhodes and the story that he had been on for the last couple of years. And people say, you know, sometimes, bully, sometimes you just have to give the people what they want. You know, if they're going to ride with you and be on this long ride eventually, and you have to do it at WrestleMania, it's the culmination. And then the next day, everything starts over. So 100%, there was no way that they thought The Rock was going to come back get booed like that, and then when Cody wins and gives up his spot, that they would react that way. In fact, we're selling at our new merch store, I Am Not a Crybaby T-shirts because of this storyline. And you can buy them right now because this was not supposed to happen. But guess what? I'm glad that it did because now we're starting to see how intricate storylines can be with really good talent that know how to do it. And, and, and Coach... You know, I don't think we would have had this with the old regime because I, I think Bully and I, we've talked about it a lot. With the old regime, creatively, they wouldn't dot the I's. They wouldn't cross the T's. They would have storylines that would go nowhere or would end abruptly. Over the course of the last two years, that is not the case with the WWE. So I think this is a great thing where, hey, fans are buying in what they're seeing on a weekly basis on Monday Night Raw and SmackDown. And that's the reason why... They probably, you know, you know, no disrespect to The Rock. He didn't understand the climate that he was walking into. Hey, we're buying into the Cody story. We want to see him finish the story. We want to see Roman and Cody at WrestleMania 40. So it's such a good thing when you look at creatively the fans buying in, but also The Rock being smart enough to say, hey, I got to make a change here. Yeah, I thought Mark Henry was really, really smart on the Busted Open Masterclass. If anybody hasn't seen it, I encourage you to go and watch it and talk about uh, how even great characters and talent like The Rock can kind of not understand or expect what they're walking into. And, David, I'm a poster child for somebody who is now back because the old regime that you talk about, and there's three or four names that everybody knows has been in the news, they kind of made us all not want to be there and all the things that they did to a lot of us, and we all have our different stories. But isn't it nice and refreshing to now be able to talk about things, lean into a business that we absolutely all love, that all of us right here gave our blood, sweat, and tears for years, decades in the business, and now it's come full circle and you don't have all of the crap going on behind the scenes that, to be honest, in 2008, that's why I wanted to leave. I just couldn't handle it anymore. But now being able to see and having these guys back, having Rock here creatively, and understand this, and I don't know if you guys have talked about this or not, Bully Ray knows this. Rock and Triple H do not like each other. They have never liked each other. One of the great segments I ever had with The Rock was 2006, 2007, San Diego, me, him, and Eugene. It was supposed to be 12 minutes long. We're backstage. We're going over it. And I learned so much from The Rock from a speaking perspective, storyline perspective. But the one thing, Dave, he always told me, he said, Coach, if it's great, there's nothing they can say. There's nothing they can do. And we were the crossover, which means we went across the top of the hour. So when you do that, everything else shrinks, or his match was. So I looked at The Rock, and I said, this looks like it's longer than 12 minutes. Rock looked at me, and he said, Coach, what have I always taught you? 
if it's great, there's nothing they can say. There's nothing they can do. And if people go back and watch on YouTube, it went over 20 two minutes and the crowd was engaged every single time so we went over 10 minutes i tell that story dave because triple h had the crossover match that particular night so it was a double for the rock he got to go 22 minutes it was a one-off we snuck him into the building i still get goosebumps talking about it and he also got to quote unquote screw over triple h and the length of his match that particular night so he was loving life but that's what it's all about. And now if you really have two powerhouses and in those meetings, you got to believe that they're tossing ideas back and forth. But back when it was really, really good and you had 15 to 20 guys that could main event WrestleMania, you had true competition. You had storylines that everybody showed up at the building and they were super excited to get in and dig in. And what can we do? How can we swerve here? I think that this could be the start of that type of storyline and storytelling again. And there's a lot of young talent that are in the WWE right now that if they look at it, start thinking about it yourself. Sit down at home and say, listen, what can I do with my character? And then who can I work with? Who can I go and say, we could have some magic and take those six to eight minutes every single week that they're given and make it into something. And if we can do that and you put eight to 10 stories like that together, well, now all of a sudden you got a pretty great show. Coach, listening to you tell the story about how The Rock taught you that lesson, I'm just going to take a minute to back up your story with a personal one. I learned that lesson directly from Vince McMahon in Madison Square Garden with him about two centimeters away from my face when we went over five minutes on live TV. Now, The Rock going over, you know, 11 minutes is one thing. A tag team going over five minutes on live TV is grounds for execution (laughs) on the spot. But we blew the roof off the garden, and I came through a gorilla, and Vince is standing right there, Coach. And he said, if you ever go five minutes over on my live TV show again, it better be as great as that was. And he walked (laughs) away. To your point and what Rock told you, if it's great, there's not a damn thing that they can do about it. And that's it. Be so good that what are they going to do? They have to just throw their hands up in the air and they just have to deal with it. And most of the time, Rocky was able to do that. And that's why Rocky and Steve and Trips, they could go over on their time and nothing would really ever happen to them. And you've experienced that because you were in the ring with them. A hundred percent. I was in the ring with Rocky so many times and I just saw it. And here's maybe part of the problem. And I, I hope that the rock is back and going to show up many times because I just saw the undertaker do his podcast. I'm sure you guys have seen it too. And he, he said, I'm not around a lot these days, but I have been behind the scenes and backstage a little bit. He says, I don't like the vibe. I don't like how chill it is. I don't like the fact that everybody just takes what is given to them. Because, boy, when you and I were there, and there was all those guys, and, and I remember the time that you put me through a table, and we talked about how are we going to do it, and Jericho was involved, and all these guys, and we all sat down and talked about it to make the best that it could be. If you're a talent right now, and you're backstage, and you're sitting on a case all day long, and you're not actively working on your merch, actively working on your storyline, actively talking to people at nauseam, you're doing yourself a disservice. Because I guarantee you, that's what The Rock is doing. I guarantee you, that's what Cody Rhodes is doing. And for The Undertaker to say that, hopefully people are listening and saying, I've got to go and take mine. You guys did it, but also, Bully Ray, you did it because you knew where you were at. You wouldn't have done it in Sacramento, California. 
but you did it in New York City where people absolutely loved you guys. Understanding the moment and where you're at in the moment is so important. Well, the WWE has bred a generation of soldiers, soldiers that do not ask questions anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's what they want because I don't think they want the, the, the days of the, as undertakers, you know, basically is saying there's no more politicians in pro wrestling. You know, politics, Politicking is such a dirty word, but it doesn't have to be. Politicking is just wanting the best for the segment, pleading mm -hmm. your case, trying to make, make sure that everybody wins, everybody takes a step forward. And he's right. Backstage, everybody just gets their marching orders and does what they have to do. And if you're just doing that, your brain just fades away. You need to exercise your mind in wrestling the same way you exercise your body in wrestling. Otherwise, you're just going to do what they tell you to do, and you'll never become Steve Austin because if Steve Austin just stayed as the ringmaster, what would he... Stone Cold would have never been here. So who is doing that backstage? And that's, that's a great point by Undertaker. And the problem is, Bully Ray, is a lot of guys these days... And probably in, in every form of entertainment, they are terrified of losing that check. Instead of thinking about how big can the check be that I could get. And people don't people forget when The Rock came out, the reason that his production company is called Seven Bucks Production is he had $7 in his pocket. Nobody loves money more than The Rock. Let's understand that. But back when he was figuring out what he was going to be, he understood that if I become a big-time heel, and think about where we are right now, a big-time heel, that when you make that flip, when you flip to a big-time babyface, and what is that going to be? I have no idea. That's the beauty of the business. Let's play it out. Let's see how it plays out. But when you make that flip, my goodness, can it be magic. And a lot of guys won't go full-blown heel because it costs them money in their merch because fans just don't buy it. But now if you can be a really cool heel, like The Rock is, then you can flip it on its head no matter how you do it. And I hope that young kids are looking at that and saying, this is what I can be. This is where I can. And I understand, Bully, it's going to take some time for it to change because Vince and them have only been gone for a short while. But hopefully, as time passes and a lot of young cats come up or guys come over from other organizations, that they can be heard and they can try things. Because the one thing that for all the negatives about the old regime, the one thing they were, if you pitched them, because, boy, you did it all the time. And I just saw an interview with Jericho who talked about doing it all the time. If you pitched stuff and he trusted you or they trusted you, they would let you try things. But you've got to be willing to take a risk. And that, to me, is the secret sauce to this business. The risk. The most intimidating thing about Vince McMahon was his door. I watched grown men practically come to tears because they couldn't get they didn't have the balls to yep. knock on the door but once you went in he listened to everything he listened to every idea every suggestion 50 percent of the time it was a no but you got a reason no and 50 percent of the time was go out there and give it a try and let's see let's see if you can get something over question for you coach cody lost yep. at 39 here's the million dollar question should Cody go over at 40 in Philadelphia? It's one of the great wrestling cities in America. And when I think of everything they could use a victory for, 
I say yes, he has to. And there's a lot of people who say wins and losses don't matter. I've said at times it's all about the stories. Wins and losses don't matter. For this story and the fact that he came back in a redemption story and you lead up for two full years. That's a long time when you're doing TV every single week. People talk about Hulkster back in the day and all those guys. They weren't on TV every single week. So to me, at some point, you got to pay it off and you pay it off with a big win. I've already imagined it in my mind, Bully Ray, that the night ends and somehow, you know, people try to screw over Cody Rhodes and he still is able to climb that mountain, get his hand raised, and he looks up at that sign. And in Philadelphia, with the crowd going absolutely bananas, he finishes that story and now he takes the company in a different direction. And now, depending on what they do, you could bring a lot of other top guys into it and Cody can give them the rub. If you don't, do that, and he does it at, say, SummerSlam, to me, it's kind of a want, want, want moment because everything leads up to WrestleMania. So my answer to you would be yes, he needs to. Now, you can follow the coach at the coach rules. Those shirts are available now. Uh, I am not a crybaby. Coach, I am a crybaby, and I get a lot of flack for my passion and what I say on this show. But, Coach, how good is it to see fans buying in like yes fans are crying and fans are going we want Cody because of the story that was being told the last two years from somebody like I said wrestling's in your blood but you've been a part of the mainstream and outside that world how exciting is it to see fans buying into what they're actually seeing in the ring and on their tv screen we got a buddy of mine named Jonathan Zaslow. We call him the Z-Man. He's part of our driving the line and behind the turnbuckle family. And he's got a wrestling show called It's Still Real to Me. It's every single Sunday. And I think it's a great name for a show because wrestling at its best, you, you suspend your belief at the door because this is like a movie. It's like a TV show. And the one thing when I was there full time that used to drive me nuts and I knew it drove all the boys nuts and everybody else is when people were like, wanted to write the storyline before it even happened. It's almost like they wanted to go to the dirt sheets, guys that have never been backstage, guys that have never been in a meeting, guys that have no idea what it takes to take a body slam, and they wanted to write the stories for the company. So now, David, to your point, it's amazing that you got young kids and their dads, which to me is what the business is truly made of, and all these dads and granddads and sons who all came up at different times can now invest themselves, and it's true emotion. Because there's a lot of guys in movies and TV shows that I root for. And I wait till the end of the season to see how they're going to win. So 100%, the fact that you guys talk about it every day here on Busted Open is 100% amazing and fact. And I hope fans listen to this interview and understand, just let it play out. Just watch the show and enjoy the ride. Because pro wrestling, at its best, it's all about the ride. So I love seeing these arenas sold out. I love seeing house shows getting eight to 10,000 people on a Saturday night in, you know, Idaho somewhere. And the reason they're selling those tickets is because of the investment they have every single week on TV. Coach, Dave, uh, back in ahead. the day, that was the norm. 15,000 people every single night on house shows. And yep. now we're seeing it again. We're seeing it again in 2024, which is so good to see follow him at the coach rules again the podcast is called behind the turnbuckle and coach 
you've been a great supporter of this show, and we have a new regime here as well. So, uh, Coach, always great seeing you, always great talking to you, and, man, I can't wait to see what we're going to see in Philadelphia at WrestleMania 40. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open every day of the week at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.